Vilcomen, bienvenue, and welcome to your hashtag Pool 100 viewers choice episode, The Legend of Billie Jean, picked and selected from the suggestion of our lifeguard, Sarah. Thank you to one and all out there for getting us to over 100 likes on Facebook. So kick back and enjoy your episode and your pool check right here on the Pool Scene Podcast. Fair is fair. Not only a quote from this week's movie, but also applicable to this week's episode. It's our first ever viewers or listeners choice episode because you, our pool sceners, chose what you wanted us to watch, and the fair way to pick that was to put the names of those movies on a wheel and spin the wheel. Fair is fair. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, joined as always by my co-host, Jim. Jim, how are you? Fair is fair. You got to do the... Uh, you got to do the... Ha- like If the, we had a YouTube thing, yeah, it's like a... One arm, the right arm is higher than the left arm. Yeah, You're kind of doing more of a, a bicep curl it's pose. It's like an LJN wrestling pose. Yes. A little, a little crooked. So the wheel decided, and we watched, and we'll be talking about 1985's the Legend of Billy Jean, directed by Matthew Robbins, who also directed Batteries Not Included. Have you seen that one? I know of it. I've never seen it's, it. Uh, for some reason, I relate it to Short Circuit. came out around the same time. Like You'd always see those movies. Short Circuit, the first one, gave me nightmares as a kid. Really? Why? When Johnny Five got all like violent and stuff when he would get yeah. red eyes it used to give me it's that in flight of the navigator as a kid used huh. to give me nightmares I, weird i you know i, I think it was because of my access to these movies on cable i actually really prefer short circuit 2 so do i but i remember crying at the end of that when he's dying yeah he gets like uh chop chop and then he becomes a 24 karat gold <laughs> yes so yeah okay so that was we went somewhere else so in addition to the short circuit and batteries not included uh matthew robbins didn't do a whole lot but the aforementioned quote to start the show fair is fair is not only the most famous quote from this movie but also the original title of the film fair, it's fair. makes perfect sense i'm surprised it wasn't called invincible with the best Pat Benatar song. By far best Pat it Benatar says, song. It says, hand in hand, the name of this, you hear the name of this movie, you hear Invincible by Pat Benatar. So, Jim, in addition to the budget and box office, tell us what was fair or unfair at the time of this movie's release in 1985. Okay, everybody, for hashtag Pool 100 viewers choice, the legend of Billie Jean made $3.1 million at the box office. I can't tell you the budget. Because nobody in the world of the internet has no idea what the hell the budget was of this movie. Do you want to take a guess? Okay, so they filmed it in and around Corpus Christi. They were in some rich neighborhoods. If I would have to say at the time, the budget of this movie, I think would be, I would have to say probably what, $5 million? No, think, no. You don't think it'd be more? No, I don't think. I think it was probably relatively cheap to make. I don't know for sure. But I, and again, I, I'm trying to do some research as well. I can't find. Because I'm trying to think, like, that when they filmed in the Sunrise Mall, every shop they showed with the proper name of the store, I'm assuming they'd have to give royalties, no? I, I'm not sure. I, I didn't think, but either way, 
I mean, yeah, it's one of the weird things. However, while Kevin is trying to figure out what kind of budget it could possibly be, this is what happened in July 1985. Coke decided, you know what? Fuck New Coke. We're bringing back Coca-Cola Classic. Do you remember trying New Coke when it first came out? I don't. I can vaguely remember it. To me, they tried to be like Pepsi. They wanted a more Pepsi formula. It just didn't work for them. As we've talked about on previous episodes of this podcast, check out Apple and Spotify. Bill Cosby was the spokesman of New Coke. Ugh. There's a, uh, it's on Prime. There's a Coke versus Pepsi documentary. Yeah, I heard about and that. And it's really good. And they they talk about all the mistakes that Coke made, just doubling down, and Pepsi just crushed well, them. The thing that didn't make sense about the whole New Coke, it's like you could also have Coca Cola Classic. It's just new coke why did you want to get rid of the one exactly it's boredom I, I don't know so also in july of 1985 probably the most recognized music concert of all time debuted live aid yeah i got all the live aid concerts on dvd they were fantastic yeah probably next to woodstock probably the greatest live concerts uh, of all wembley time. and wembley and in philadelphia yeah. i believe yeah. it was veteran stadium yeah, in philadelphia so. another big event that kind of was tied into a tragedy this time in 1985 krista mcauliffe is announced to be the first teacher in space as she would fly on sts 51 Space Shuttle Challenger. As we all know, Space Shuttle Challenger exploded, lost everybody on board in January of 1986. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things I'll never forget watching that as a kid where I was. People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know, and I was like, man, I'm just a singer, simple song. Your Alan Jackson update. Yes. July of 1985, Alan Jackson's white cowboy hat and blonde curls had yet taken over country music, so much so that the host of You Can Be a Star called the future megastar Al, not Alan, he was just Al, right before he performed, he stopped loving her today. By George Jones. Yes. And that was your Alan Jackson update, 1985. We used to go to Jack's, if you remember, right by right. your parents' house. Yeah, that's right. And we would uh, eat some wings. We'd drink some beers. And sometimes when they do pool leagues, they'd have an open jukebox. And <laughs> nothing sets the mood for a bar, a bunch yeah. of people out to have some fun, and then playing He Stopped Loving Her Today. Yeah, because why not? That so, and the, the Chattacoochee, as we've referenced. Chattacoochee? Is that what it's called? Chattahoochee. Whatever. Come on. Hoochie Coochie Chattahoochie. Get your Alan Jackson together. Sorry, I'm friends with my call him Al. Oh, yeah, Al. The number one song, according to Billboard, was Duran Duran's A View to a Kill, which is probably one of the best Bond songs to one of the worst Bond movies. What's the best Bond song? I love Skyfall by Adele. It's great. Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey. That's great, too. You can never go wrong with Goldfinger. Yeah. Yep. But. Yeah, View to a Kill was great. And that was also Roger Moore in his mid-50s trying to jump around and shit. looked embarrassing. The number one movie in America was Back to the Future. What the hell was that? Got ghosties again. Did we get another? I saw Poltergeist last night. First off, shit movie, by the way. It's controversial. No, thing. it's not. It's a great movie. Did not like it. So that's what was going on. And Al Jackson in 1985. Okay. So I guess for this Viewer's Choice episode, we'll have a ghost guest. <laughs> 
a ghost dad, Bill Cosby. Oh, God. Uh, we should cover that movie. I am Satan. Should we? I don't know. I want to do Leonard Part 6 instead. Right, we'll if, do that for hashtag gonna, pool 200. If we ever do a Bill Cosby movie, maybe it should be Leonard Part 6. So without further ado, let's talk about the plot for The Legend of Billy Jean. In Corpus Christi, Texas, Billie Jean Davy and her brother Binks Davy are riding on his scooter to go swimming at the lake. They stop at a drive-in food place where a group of idiots hit on Billie Jean. Now, they have been following them. Creepily following Creepily them. Creepily following them. So Billie Jean and Binks are on this scooter. This car follows them when they pull into this drive-in food place. Well, uh, plus Billie Jean, what she's wearing is... The, the it's one, not much. Not much at all with her brother. Yes, with her brother who yeah. she has like her head on his shoulder. That's for later. Yeah. The leader of this group, which is hitting on Billie Jean, is someone named Hubie Pyatt. Who is also Wolfman in Top Gun. Yes. So it ends, Billie Jean ends up throwing a milkshake in Hubie's face, covering him in milkshake. So Billie Jean and Binks make it to the lake. However, Hubie and his gang show up and they steal Binks's scooter while Billie Jean and Binks are out on this dock in the middle of the water. Coolest scooter ever, man. Who yes. wouldn't want one of those Yamahas? Right. So they, they steal his scooter. Later that night, Binks decides he's going to steal his scooter back. However, Billie Jean tells him not to, and she goes with a couple of friends to the police. The detective, Detective Ringwald, tells her to wait and see how it plays out, which is kind of the worst thing that you want to hear from a cop is for him to just kind of be like, it's, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and when there's a missing person, sometimes you'll hear the police say, well, they're probably a runaway, you gotta wait 30 days, or... You got to wait seven days or something like that, where in any missing person's case, time is critical. Now, a missing scooter, not as critical. No, it's kind of very low end on the totem pole. But you still, as a police officer, cannot say, let's wait and see how it plays out. He's the weirdest, not lazy, lazy detective yeah, ever. It's, he could have at least said, like, I'll send somebody over there. Or yeah. Something. But I'll tell you how it plays out. When Billie Jean returns home, Binks has been beaten and his scooter has been destroyed. So they make a plan in the morning. Billie Jean and Binks plan to go to Hubie's dad's shop where they will ask for the money, demand the money to repair the scooter, specifically $608. Mm -hmm. They want $608. That's the big number for this movie, everybody. The, 608. The damage to fix the scooter. However, when they go to the shop, Hubie is given Billie Jean somehow she knees him in the balls his dad arrives and says sure let's get you taken care of step upstairs and i've i, I don't have the money in the register he runs some sort of um it's i don't like even know what free, it is i'd say like a duty-free like, shop yeah like a duty-free shop or like a hardware store. i don't know what it is but anyway he says i don't have six hundred dollars in the register come upstairs i'll get the money for you however when they go upstairs and Billie Jean has second thoughts about going up there. But when they go up there, he propositions Billie Jean, which she rejects. And he had everything but his dick out. Yeah. Then he physically yeah. forces himself on her, trying to feel her up, trying to convince her. Basically, it's an attempted rape. So Billie Jean manages to escape from the back of the shop. However, Binks basically, while they're upstairs, Binks comes in the store, opens the register, and 
it seems as though he's going to just take the money. Himself. Sure as hell what it looks like. But when he opens the drawer, there's a gun in there, and the gun seems more important to him than the money. A little pea shooter, like 38. Yeah, so he pulls out a gun. Mr. Pie has Billie Jean at this point, as Billie Jean escapes, and he tells Binks that the gun's not loaded, but Binks fires anyhow and shoots Pie in the shoulder. Billie Jean and Binks Speed away, leaving the shop as fugitives. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> the situation has now escalated to the point of being almost out of control. Billie Jean just wants the money to fix her brother's scooter and an apology for Mr. Pyatt. Son of the district attorney named Lloyd voluntarily becomes Billie Jean's hostage, which they just do some B&E. I mean, they're on the run now, and it's funny because, like, the first stop we see them make after all of this goes down is they go in a grocery store. People already recognize Billie Jean as like a celebrity because she was on the front page of the newspaper. She's being touted as the one who shot Mr. Pyatt and kids are like, these kids buy her a whole cart full of groceries because she's Billie Jean. So she's already she's a cult hero. She's already a cult hero. And but they do some B&E. They break into this house because they need somewhere to stay. When they break in, they find a weird kid named Lloyd. And Lloyd tells them, I'll be your hostage. He ties himself up. This is where we get the legendary scene where Billie Jean has made a video of her demands. And before that, the big reveal that she's cut off her long hair and now has a crew cut. After the video, Billie Jean is all over the news and the coverage is growing. She's becoming an icon. Again, there's no internet. This is strictly news. Word of mouth. And word of mouth. But everywhere they go, no matter where they go, kids are like girls are starting to cut their hair like Billie Jean. Hey, Billie Jean, how's it going? <laughs> Legions of fans are starting to grow in support of Billie Jean. And Billie Jean actually turns in her friends to Detective Ringwald. She calls Detective Ringwald and tells him their whereabouts. But it's it's for their protection because this thing is starting to grow a little bit out of control. They're, the friends won't say where she's going, where she is. At this point, Mr. Pyatt has actually issued a bounty of $10,000 for Billie Jean. And there's a rally being held for Billie Jean at the beach where a new scooter is being offered in exchange for turning herself in along with Lloyd specifically. Binks dresses as Billie Jean and arrives at the rally behind Lloyd. However, Hubie starts yelling that it's not Billie Jean. Fucking Wolfman. Wolfman, yeah. And it's actually Binks in drag dressed as Billie Jean and the police shoot him. Despite <laughs> being told... Shooter. Lee Harvey do from not, the 6'4". Do not shoot, and they shoot him. So they, they don't shoot that guy. They shoot Binks. Uh, Billie Jean's actually amongst the crowd in disguise. She chases the ambulance to catch up with it, but she doesn't make it. As she's chasing the ambulance, she does spot a booth selling all of this Billie Jean It's like a big top circus. Yes. Yeah. It's a ton. It's posters, shirts, hats. Frisbees. All kinds of stuff. Paper mache statue. And to make matters worse... The shop is ran by Mr. Pyatt. Mm -hmm. He's the one capitalizing, exploiting Billie Jean. Very Trump. Yes. So Billie Jean confronts Pyatt, and in front of a large growing crowd, he basically admits that he tried to rape her, which led to Binks shooting him. And he tries to force Billie Jean to take the money for the scooter, but she refuses, knees him in the dick and balls, throws the money at him. When he's knocked to the ground, it also knocks over a torch. She basically says, take your money, try and buy someone else as the merch stand begins to catch fire from the knocked over torch. The gathered crowd by this point and all of the onlookers begin to realize the extent 
to which Billie Jean has been exploited. The crowd, including Hubie, basically start to take off all the merchandise and throw it in the fire. So the crowd disperses. Billie Jean thanks Detective Ringwald, gives Lloyd a goodbye kiss, and the movie ends with Billie Jean and Binks hitchhiking in Vermont, the product of... Like Binks said from day one, as yeah. soon as they became fugitives, was like, let's go to Vermont. And they're like, we don't have gas to go to and Vermont. And the reason he wants to go to Vermont, because he has a poster in his bedroom of a bikini girl in Vermont. That's the only reason why. Hey, Mr. Walker, let's go to Vermont. Hey, let's go to Vermont. Let's go. So that is our plot. Let's get into the characters. We have Helen Slater as Billie Jean Davy, which, Jim, you met <laughs> Helen Slater? Yes, you I did. Her I got sign. a poster of it. You guys will see the picture. I hope you weren't saving that for later on or <laughs> anything. We have Keith Gordon as Lloyd Maldar. He is the hostage. He you would know from... Uh, back to school. Yeah, back to school. And Jaws 2. Yes. Christian Slater as Binks Davy. In media for this movie, in an interview... Christian Slater said he was destined to marry Helen Slater because they had the same last name. No relation. Kind of weird. Very weird. But how about get in line, pal? <laughs> no shit. Richard Bradford is Mr. Pyatt. He looks like a wax figure of William Shatner, of William Shatner which we did talk about wax figures last week on our class act episode. So go back and listen. Apple and Spotify. There you go. Apple and Spotify. Peter Coyote as Lieutenant Larry Ringwald. He's been in every movie of all time. And then you've got Yardley Smith as Putter, who is Lisa Simpson. Dean Stockwell as District Attorney Maldor. Al. Al. No Ziggy. Barry Tubb as Hubie Pia, as Jim said. Wolfman. Wolfman from Top Gun. So, Jim, beyond Helen Slater, mm -hmm. who does it for you in this one? It's got to be Lloyd. Joan of Arc. She dressed up as a man. All the French followed her to fight the English. But without peace of Did she win? Yeah. I cannot live. And no. She heard voices. Stop being a peasant. Be a soldier. France needs you. Truth. Justice. And she won. She beat the English. And then the French burned her alive. Because if you think if it wasn't for Lloyd, her status as apparently a statewide cult hero never would have happened. He showed her the Joan of Arc movie. This movie kind of, you know, triggered Billie Jean into becoming a Joan of Arc type character. Yeah, this, this whole movie is basically a modern allegory. Yeah, a modern allegory for Joan of Arc, which by modern 1985. Yeah. So, but yes. But then her big, horrible looking paper mache statue at Pyatt's Big Top Circus merch stand burns. So bad. Just like Joan of Arc in the movie. But if it wasn't for Lloyd... She never would have been able to get as far as she did. He offered himself up as a kidnap victim. He was going to try to get money off his dad, who's the attorney general, who's going to be attorney general. I believe he was the district attorney. Yeah. They had no idea what kind of money he's come from. He has this big mansion, but they end up being, you know, the, I guess they ended up together in the end. He just kisses her, but I they don't, don't really, so. I don't know. I don't think so. They, they kiss and she thinks she scares him off and then he comes back. And she gives him a goodbye kiss, but I doubt he came to Vermont. Yeah. Could have funded now, the trip. Now, as far as acting goes, I love this movie, but there's not really strong acting performances because no. there's this whole basis of a weird 
accent. It's a weird southern drawl accent. That is not indicative of Corpus Christi, No, Texas. they do not have this accent in Corpus Christi, but... It's more of like a, maybe not like a big southern drawl like this. But yeah. Very like Alabama. Yeah, it's... Not it's really Creole. Not great. And and she goes in and out of that accent yeah, and, and like the, there's no the other one. There's a scene where what's her one friend's name? Ophelia. Ophelia, who drives the shit out of a station wagon. Yeah, she's like an MVP. She's for like the how, Burt Reynolds. Good. And they have this car. <laughs> they, that's logic. But they have the most sore thumb car that has the name of their trailer park division on the fucking yeah, side of it's, it. It's just the worst as far as inconspicuous vehicles. It's the worst thing you could have. And so, but yeah, the accent most of these characters have, but Ophelia's accent there, we rewound this one part like three times because she calls her Billy J, but what she, she was very old straight. Is that crocodile Dundee? We came have to no idea Christi. what she said. We re- rewound like three knife. Times and we're like, what does she say there that ends in Billy J? Lord, cute, huh? Billy J. So as far as acting goes, I'll say probably Peter Coyote. You see this girl on TV? Yeah. Me and half the country. This doesn't look like a kidnapping. It looks like a party. I think it was. I think this is a bunch of kids having a fine old time. What about that gun they pulled on you? Fun and games? I've been thinking about that gun. I'm not sure it's real. A toy store reported a few items stolen. They left IOUs. The kid got the drop on you with a toy gun? Yes, sir. I believe he did. Peter Coyote. As, um, as Detective Ringwald, I thought he... Does a pretty good job. He uh, he nailed it with being sympathetic towards uh, Billy Jean in an indirect way. Father figure. Yeah, he was legitimately proud of her at the end. Yeah. Best scenes. Did you want to start or would you like me to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Now we're going to use the words best loosely for a lot of these things because they just stuck out very right off the top of the bat of the movie. The weird ass lake scene between the Slater not related. Very weird. Billy Jean. Hmm. Tell me about Vermont. Again? It never gets hot. How many times do you have to hear this? It gets hot, but not like this. Yeah, no, clean hot. Laying on that plank in the middle of the lake, wet, barely wearing a damn thing. He's basically eye-fucking-her-ass the entire like time. She has, like, an underwear tank top. Yeah. That's been cut at most nearly sheer an inch below her breasts. Yes. And if she were to raise her arms at all, fully you, expose her breasts. You either fully expose or you would get a TLC two minute, 32 second snippet <laughs> of T boss yeah. in the creep video. Doing the, uh. yeah. And it's like, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I know the number. Fuck you. Most of you guys would too, if you were my age, but yeah, that scene was just so funny. And especially the comment he said that they were supposed to be destined to marry each other because they shared the same last name. Sometimes it comes across like, are they sleeping with each other in yeah, the movie? I mean, so like in, it's in an the, incest. So yeah. So in the press, he very obviously has a thing for her, and it, it comes through in the performance. And yeah, there it, it's a weird brother sister relationship. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. There's say, a lot of questions. There's Billy a lot Jean's of logic probably questions. Probably 17, 18, and he's maybe like 15. To be I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got some weird feelings for my, his sister. My first best scene, it's the final scene, the final face off. Who paid? What? Who paid, Mr. Pyatt? Was it you? You still want the money? Is that what you came here for? Where, you know, Billie Jean's running towards the ambulance and she looks over and there's Billie Jean hats and fairs fair hats. Frisbees. Frisbees and posters. And the posters actually. Yes. So Hubie, when they first arrived at the lake, 
and Billie Jean and Banks are out in the lake. Hubie's got his his Canon camera or whatever he's got, and he's snapping photos of her getting out of the water. As Jim said, you know, very not revealing a perv clothing, or anything. Yeah, but uh, he's snapping photos of her. And now, later in the movie at the end, those photos he was taking have been turned into posters that yeah. say Billie Jean. Yeah, very appropriate so, shot. Basically, Pyatt goes from trying to rape her to exploiting her yeah, and getting rich off of her face. Mm-hmm. And so they have this maybe unbelievable scene because there's no way that crowd's being quiet enough no. for them to have their... riot. Yes, it's crazy. They have this back and forth where he admits like, yeah, maybe I was wrong. This money will make up for everything I did to you. And she's like, no, I can move on, but I don't want your money. And then she knees him in the dick and balls, which she's now done to Hubie and his dad. And when the, it's just, it, it's a cool scene. It's, it's the payoff. It's as his merch stand is burning down, you get the, the Joan of Arc thing where the statue, the paper mache statue topples and everybody realizes like, holy shit, we idolize this girl. But she was being exploited. You know, we made someone rich off of merchandise that he was using to exploit her after he tried to rape her. And everyone starts peeling their shirts off and their hats and their posters and throwing them in the fire. But we get that music cue of Pat Benatar's Invincible. It's it's a cool scene. However, a slower version of it. Yeah. I don't understand no, why you either speed a, up Rebel Yell or you slow yeah, down Invincible. There's a very fast, like weird beats per minute version of Rebel Yell and then a very slow version of invincible bpms are off don't understand i don't get it either so that's yeah that final scene it's the payoff it's it's the culmination of you know like bigs get shot you yeah everything we've been working towards you know is tied up in this scene also binks is not short for anything his name is just fucking binks apparently it's not short for brian or blinky it's binks so my next one it's the video i'm billy jean davy and i want to set the record straight i'm not a liar I'm not a thief, and neither is my brother. Hello, Mom. Sorry, that is him. Mom, I don't know when we'll be coming home, but we love you. I know people are making up stories about us. Don't you believe them? As for you, Mr. Pyatt, you are so sleazy. You think that you can do anything you want and then lie about it, and we just have to take it, because what are we? Just a bunch of kids. Well, not this time. From now on, we're doing this our way. No lying, no cheating, fair is fair. All right. $608 for the scooter your son trashed. That's what you owe, and we're not turning ourselves in till we get it. Fair is fair. We didn't start this. We didn't mean it to happen, but we're not giving up till you pay. Fair is fair. It's the video that transcends time and space. She reveals herself as this new fair is fair, right arm up. Or no, yeah, right arm up, left arm slightly down, Billie Jean. This video is played everywhere. It is played inside the amazing Sunrise Mall that is no longer around. And being a dead mall fan like I am, there's been a couple videos on YouTube. Check out the Sunrise Mall. It's no longer there. It's been, I believe, since demolished, I think three years ago. They never changed anything. Check out Dan Bell on YouTube. He did a whole video about the Sunrise Mall and did the Billie Jean locations. Nothing ever changed. I was always fascinated by that. But that video where she goes into an explanation of what she's doing, why she's doing it. Mr. Pyatt is lying about all this stuff about her. It's just 
fair is that's the first time we hear fair is fair yeah and you and you missed a very important part of that video so it's actually beautifully shot so lloyd this is at lloyd's house so i said lloyd is so key to all and lloyd jumps out the window into his pool he does like a water slide yeah yeah, he puts on this performance in front of them and then climbs out the window and they think he's jumped or something but he takes a water slide into the pool they're all swimming and next thing you know helen slater comes out with some new gear inspired by Joan of Arc. Yeah, some fresh threads. She has cut her hair. The best and, short hair I've yeah, ever seen on a woman. She's got a new like crew cut style Long hair. one earring. So when they see her in this video that she records, she's featuring the new the new hair, the earring, the clothes. So that's that's a big part of that. That scene. becomes the new thing to wear. All the kids start dressing up like Billie Jean. They're turning themselves into the police station saying they're Billie Jean. That video alone takes this movie into the stratosphere. That was actually my next best scene. So I will mention something you said. Kids start cutting their hair like Billie Jean, where Billie Jean has turned in her own friends for their safety. You know, she, I think, probably feels a little guilty for roping them into this in the first place. But while they're actually at the police station, somebody comes in and tells uh, Detective, whatever his name is, hey, we've got Billie Jean. Ringwald. Yeah, Detective Ringwald. We've got Billie Jean. So they, Ringwald and Billie Jean's friends go to see them, and there are four young girls there. Look nothing like her. Look absolutely nothing like her, but they've all adopted her look. The Billie Jean look. And then by the end of the movie, when at the beach scene that I mentioned, you know, all of these people all look like Billie Jean. They all got their hair. They've all got the earring. They've all... Full disclosure, I look like Billie Jean right now recording this podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Yep. I got my chest hair hanging out and everything. It's great. So I, I didn't really have a lot else for best scenes. I do. I do you have any you want to mention? I have one more. Okay. Real quick. It's weird. How old's Putter? I don't How know. How old is Lisa Simpson? I don't know. Her period reveal. Oh, Putter. Oh, my God. You're bleeding. She's been shot. No, I haven't. But there's blood. Oh, my God. Putter, it's happened. Gross. You keep quiet, Binks. It's wonderful. Yeah. What the fuck was that? So they are getting Billy Jean. This this whole sequence is pretty crazy, so I will mention it. Billy so Jean weird. goes to a house to emancipate a child, an abused child from yeah. his father. Because all these kids in fucking three neighborhoods come together and go, yes. You need to save yeah, this kid. All these kids find Billy Jean. Another you know, that's probably a logic thing. Yeah. All these kids and everybody seems to know where Billy Jean is. But the cops never do. She, or maybe they do, and they just, you know, the detective doesn't care. But they come together and they tell Billy Jean, like, hey, there's this kid who's being beat. You need to, to free him. So she just walks into this house, finds this kid, and then the kid's dad at first kind of threatens her until he notices she has this huge crew posse. outside. She has a fucking posse. Yeah, she's... Uh, Is that your crew? Yeah, so then she takes the kid, takes him outside, and says... He'll be staying with his grandmother for a while. Yeah, so after everyone's cheering them, and she's freed this child, and they're getting ready to leave, this lady in a truck spots Billie Jean and says, <laughs> Hey, that's her! There's Billie Jean! We in gotta, the Fall Guy truck! We gotta go back, yeah, in the Fall Guy truck. And they go back, except the husband, who's driving, has a different idea. Whereas the woman wants to see the celebrity Billie Jean, the driver says, she's worth $10,000. Yeah, we need the money. So he pulls out a what looks like a pellet gun, yeah. but a rifle. It's a sniper. And he shoots out the back window of the car that is now very far away. And then he shoots out the windshield through the back window. 
And a couple minutes later, you see that there's blood coming from what's putter. Yeah, putter putter. And they said she's been shot. And she said, no, I haven't. She's actually very excited that she's finally got her period. It's like they're so proud. Of, and I'm like, how fucking old is she? Yeah, but she has also asked, when do I get a diaphragm? Yeah. So are we to assume she's 13 or 14? I, she's a late bloomer. I don't she, know. 33. Don't but yeah, know. that's all I got. Okay. So I want to say we love this movie. So when someone, Sarah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Uh, who suggested this movie. One of our lifeguards out there. Yes. When she suggested this movie, we were happy. And it ended up on our wheel, so we were happy that it landed on this one mm-hmm. because all the suggestions were great, and yeah. there were a couple on there that were just, like, so crazy. Like, can you imagine our pool scene or our lifeguard, Steve Kuntz, did Titanic? I That would have been a, an interesting... It would have been funny. It would have been funny. But, like, we were saying just about anything we would have covered, whether crazy or yeah. serious or whatever, yeah. would have been fun. But this is what how it landed. Fair is fair. On the wheel landed on legend of billy jean which we enjoy and we do it, it is hard to pick best scenes in this movie because it's all kind of just one yeah amalgamation it's like one chase yeah and there's you know there are individual scenes like we could have mentioned the mall scene yeah that's great but, mall her slow running yes her slow running everybody else fake is fast gunplay. Running. but with that said why don't we go ahead and transition and have our pool check pool check Since this week is your episode, audience, along with this movie, we also let you select the topic for our pool check. And Jim, I think the pool sceners thought they were backing us into a corner or playing a trick on us, but little do they know, we actually think their pool selection is awesome. Yeah, good job, guys. And hilarious. Excellent. And we embrace the idea that this week we're going to be talking about Hunks and heartthrobs. Hell yeah. From the 1980s and 90s. That's right. 80s and 90s hunks. Hello, ladies. That's right. Hey, Kevin, am I on a list? Uh, no. Sorry. Oh, it didn't have to be like this. Before. You actually are probably a... <laughs> I, how could he like I, I was researching and I was looking at lists of like, you know, teen heartthrobs yeah. and, and hunks of the 80s. And he actually the there was a list that was like 15 heartthrob characters. And he David McCall. Is that his name? David yeah, McCall? David McCall. From David Fierce, McCall from Fierce, specifically. I'm like, he was a fucking psycho. Yeah. Unless a girl really has like a hey, I'll fucking kill you, but look how great I look. Finger bang on a on a roller coaster fetish, then I don't. Hey, get you want to play with the Big Dipper? <laughs> I'll dip her. Hey, when we catch airtime, we're gonna fly out of the seat on this one. Hey, that's right. Uh, so, do you want to go first or? Yeah, I'll go okay. first. Okay, so eighties and nineties, ladies. My number five, Magnum fucking PI himself, Tom Selleck. Yep. Now I like to say I'm inspired my chest hair. I call it the Tom Selleck. I call my mighty main the Tom Selleck. And it's not just because of Magnum P.I. Ladies loved him for Magnum P.I. It's also in one of my favorite movies of all time, Three Men and a Baby. So not to put you on the spot, but how old was Tom Selleck during these, you know, during the 80s and 90s? Early, probably mid 40s, early to mid 40s. Like perpetually looked 50. Yeah, he did. But it's awesome. He still looks good nowadays. Yeah, he looks and he's great. in his seventies. Yeah. It's the, the still chest, a stud. Chest hair, mustache. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we could be honest. Tom Selleck might have the best mustache of all he time. He does. And he gets compared to 
Burt Reynolds a lot. They yes. kind of get linked. Yeah. But Tom Selleck definitely had some sort of eyes, curly hair, machismo. chest hair. Yes. Macho. Exactly. Macho machismo. Yes. You know, there's definitely a market for like this, that dude. Like, I yes. get it. I totally get it. I like my hunks to be brooding and have layers. Oh, he's so with my number bitch. five, he it, last week. He hate me. He hate me. <laughs> it was Rod Smart last week. You know, we talked about kid and play. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, people who had these flash in the pan careers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy didn't release any albums or do any TV shows or anything like that, but seemed to be the biggest thing in the world for just a short period of time and then gone completely. It was Josh Hartnett. Oh, shit. I forgot about that, dude. So he did the, the faculty, the faculty, Halloween H2O, Virgin Suicides. He was in Pearl Harbor. Oh, that's right. He had this like permanent bedhead. He had like a really shitty head of hair. He had like a lot of hair, but it was always kind of like to me. He looked like he fell on a thing of toxic waste. Yeah, <laughs> he had like his, you know, his bangs like swoop, but his hair is like sticking up. He kind of looked like he kind of permanently looked like Arnie from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which is it. Where are we talking? Is Arnie? Was that DiCaprio? DiCaprio. But oh, God, that's kinda, I don't know. Ar- shit. Uh, so and hopefully you're not picking up on this one, but I feel it's or you're not picking this one. I feel yeah. it's hard to mention Josh Hartnett without mentioning Ryan Phillippe. Oh, okay. Because they were both like operating at the same time. Wait, is Phillippe also on your list? No. Oh, okay. But I'm just man, I'm saying oh, I hope he's general. not on your, okay, your list. But gotcha. It's just Hartnett and Phillippe were kind of like they're probably competing for a lot of the same roles. But Hartnett was more of like a white meat baby face. I could have seen Hartnett in Cruel Intentions. Yeah, or, or I'm sorry. Philippi was more of like a, a white meat baby face, you know, blonde. And Hartnett was a heel. Yes. And Hartnett had like the bad boy it factor. Brooding. He was yes. brooding. Yeah. So, yeah. Josh Hartnett. Okay. So my number four is specifically 1999. It's dead on 1999. It's Heath Ledger. Yeah. 10 things I hate about yes. you. Name a girl out there or even a dude who didn't think that, holy shit, yeah. he's got all the girls now. I think he's got holy them. shit because I'm hearing footsteps and all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. No, but seriously, that movie brought so many eyes. He had such a nice smile. He had a nice, every girl. Now, this came out my senior year of high school. There wasn't one girl in my class who didn't see that movie or heard about that movie. They didn't go, I wish all guys had that smile, had that look, who was also a rebel character. He was a... a- good-hearted bad boy yeah but i liked him more in a very underrated movie a knight's tale he will a fuck tale, you huh he will fuck you that he was in a movie called he will fuck you nah. uh-huh. <laughs> i was like what is that basically when i worked at a large chain video game store oh that's right uh people would trade in dvds and every copy of a knight's tale that came in i would take a strip of I, that now is meticulous <laughs> i would take a strip of a sticker and I would color it to match the cover because the tagline at Night's Tale was he will rock, rock you. you. So I changed rock in the same font, the same colors. I would pull out the slip cover. I would change it. <laughs> I'd put it back. So probably 10-year-old kids bought the Probably movie. double-taked it. Oh, oh man, he no. will fuck you. So every copy that ever came through that yes. store was a Night's Tale, he will fuck you. But man, Heath Ledger, and then, you know, he went on to be the Joker, and it still lives in infamy how amazing he was as the Joker. Died at the Olsen Twins' house. Did he really die at the Olsen yep. Twins' house? Yeah, over, over, overdosed at one of the Olsen Twins' Talk house. Talk about a guy that 
died way, 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 way before his time. He was just getting started, basically. He was the, I mean, in the same way, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who will not be on our list, Mm -hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman, they just got too into their characters. Big time. They just went down the, the rabbit hole. And, you know, oftentimes they went dark places. It required drugs. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis now. Yes, exactly. So Jamie Foxx is yeah. Ray Charles, who still, I think he still thinks he's Ray Charles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ledger had the hair yeah, Ledger and a smile and uh, definitely He good was looking. what I call a roast beef hunk sandwich. Yes. So number four. And uh, I agree. I saw Brokeback Mountain in theaters. Good looking dude. My number four, Tupac. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Now, did not expect you to say Tupac. No, I think I've spoken before on this podcast about Tupac's gangster credibility or lack thereof. That isn't meant to be derogatory because Tupac died as a result of being shot in Las Vegas. Yeah. So he was like, he was entangled into that lifestyle, Mm -hmm. whether it was organic or an act act, or whatever. But Tupac had a background in performing arts. He studied poetry, poetic justice, jazz, and ballet. Dude was smart as shit. Tupac did ballet at the Baltimore School of Arts. Mm -hmm. And Tupac honestly was an incredible poet as a rapper, but his great success can be attributed to his universal appeal. The gangster thing appealed to those living that, that lifestyle, that gangster lifestyle, but also to, you know, white youth who lived in the suburbs who fantasized about that sort of thing. But also to women. Tupac was sensitive. Mm-hmm. He had a really nice smile. Yep. He had the nose ring. And it's a mama's boy. Yeah. And no doubt Tupac sold some albums because of his looks. Yeah. He was a good looking dude. Yeah, he was. He just. The dude transcended not just rap, but movies. I mean, if, if anybody hasn't seen Poetic Justice, yeah. that dude showed how faceted he is. Yes. And and I will say, you know, two picks in. We're going to talk about a lot of honorable mentions I yeah. want to get into, but two picks in. You know, I have to base this off my experience when I was born and what age I am. So in my, you know, formative co- sort of years. We talked, you know, last week about like wanting to dance with a girl for the first time because of boys to men, you know, that that gives you an idea of of where we're at. So Josh Hartnett, Tupac, kind of in that mid to late 90s sort of uh, wheelhouse. So Tupac's my number two pick. So my number three is I'll openly admit man crush. Definitely man crush on this dude because he's pretty damn sweet. And he's been in a couple movies that I find very fascinating. I would say number three, Jason Statham. Yeah. Jason Statham is the fucking man. Yeah. First off, I I have his hairline. Second of all, that motherfucker has done no wrong in my eyes. He kicks ass. Dude's handsome as fuck. I mean, let's be honest. The dude is a stud. That's the definition of a stud. Fast movies he was in. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I like heard. That. Crank. Crank. Both cranks are an amazing. There has not been in one movie. I mean, I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw, but I heard shit about it. But it's Jason, say the transporter movies, war. That dude will beat the shit out of you, take your wife, take her home, make her pregnant, and just do something different the other day. Okay, so I'll allow it because there's there's no rules on this. But do women see Statham as a heartthrob and a hunk? How could you not? Look at that dude. I, I just do. Now, I think I think of two things when we talk about this. One, I think of like, Tiger Beat magazine, which probably doesn't exist okay, anymore. Yeah. And I think of like, who would be in Tiger Beat? And two, I think of like, who is kind of in contention 
for the sexiest man alive every year. Yeah. And I don't think Statham really satisfies either of those. I don't hear a lot of women. So, now, I'm with you. I think yeah. Statham... It, dude, it's the, ac- the accent. Is, ...is manly and stuff, but I, I don't hear a lot of women like... I hear a lot of women say The Rock. I hear yeah. a lot of women say Idris Elba. Yeah. But I don't hear a lot of like, eh, Jason Statham could crank me. <laughs> so, Do you know what I mean? I mean, come on. Okay. My number three, I'm taking two because again... We make the rules. Yeah, fuck it. So I'm going to do, and I'm going to say Zach Morris and AC Slater. As characters. Yes. Are we not talking Mark Paul and... Not really, no. I'm specific, because I'm specifically, Saved by the Bell meant a lot to me growing up. Hey, it meant a lot I to all of us. I watched it so much. In, you know, in retrospect, it seems like there was so much more of it than there actually was. Yeah. But... Yeah, I loved Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, very small, my invisible friend was Zach Morris. Yeah. You know, I pretty much idolized Zach before growing to realize that he was an absolute piece of trash, such a problematic pile of shit. Who can manipulate time and space. He was the original Doctor <laughs> Who. He was a rich California white boy that deserved zero sympathy. He wasn't that hot. And he had to use a lot of manipulation to get any trim. Don't you find it weird, too, that they always had issues with Valley High School because Valley High was the yes. rich kid's school? Right. Yet but he didn't go like, to Valley. Exactly. He, yeah. he was the perfect candidate for Valley. Preppy. He's called Preppy but, for a fucking uh, reason. I can remember the kid that he would always argue with was Needick. Yes. And he bet Needick's dirt bike about on a Slater wrestling match. I don't know. Dude, I and, used to dress up like Zach Morris. I used to wear a hill figure all the time. So anyway, I mentioned Slater and the only reason. So Zach would have been my pick. But in hindsight, Slater, much more exotic. Ballet. Much more level headed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he could dance. Fuck Zach Morris. But those two were like the biggest best friends who were also their biggest rivals. It's just, and I will get into this in honorable mentions, but Zach filled this very specific archetype for that time. It was like a blonde, same haircut, very white. Had a cell phone. It's rich, had a cell phone. Like there was a very, there was an archetype in Hollywood and television that, again, you go to Tiger Beat. It was like the same five people. It's Mark Paul. They all, the time. all looked the same. Yeah. And so Zach Morris was one of those. That's why I said, looking back, you know, as far as representation goes, I don't even know what Mario Lopez is. Probably Spanish descent. I, me- but, Mexican. I, would, I would hope so. With but, the name on Lopez. Sh- but on the show, I think they kind of. They didn't really. They, they didn't draw they didn't attention talk to that about at it, all. No, but which is amazing because some of the episodes we come across especially the Native American one, racist as shit. And, and I will say, so my picks, Josh Hartnett has aged very well. I've not seen he, him recently. He, he didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore. Yeah. So he kind of rescinded and he does like lower key stuff now. He's actually aged very well. He's a good looking dude still. He kind of wears a thin mustache, longer hair. He looks good. Tupac didn't age very well. I assume he's being covered in worms. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Fuck. Unless he was cremated. He could be living in Cuba, like we're told. Could be. As far as Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez, Mario Lopez looks the same. Dude never aged. He doesn't have the mullet or no. the jerry curl. But looks he good, looks though. He's on Access Hollywood, I think. Mark Paul Gossler has gotten a little bit thicker, and he... Came to grips with his hair. Yeah. Natural dark hair, dark beard. Balding. Most of the time. Balding, and most mm-hmm. of the time he wears... A dark beard. He, he doesn't look, look like Michael Chiklis. He doesn't look bad, no. but 
it's again it goes back to that archetype they wanted a specific looking character mm. and they had to bleach Zach's hair to get him to look like that he didn't look yeah, like that no not at all so which a lot of these kids probably didn't so that's my number three okay so my number two speaking of a television show first time I locked eyes on this dude I wanted to be this guy I will never forget the first time I was able to grow sideburns I said look at me I look like Dylan McKay and okay. it's Luke Perry at number yes. two rest his soul because let me be honest with you when Luke Perry died last year, that fucking hit me right in the nuts because I remember watching every episode of 90210 as a kid, not really understanding it. You know, you're, it's a preteen year, so you don't understand the depth of things. We mentioned when Ray's character, Jamie Walters, mentioned it the other week of him throwing Donna down a flight of stairs. There were a lot of things going on, but the one thing that was a constant was Dylan was badass. He had great hair. And every woman wanted to be with Dylan so, McKay. There was, yeah, and there was a two sides of the coin thing. There yes. was, were you a Jason Priestley or were Fuck you, Brandon Walsh. I was Dylan McKay all yes, the way. Yes, were you Dylan or... Yep. And he... Don't forget about Brian Austin Green there, Kev. Yeah, he Bag. was He was on the list for sure. So Luke Perry has a son. Jungle Boy. a professional wrestler, and he wears the sideburns. It's yep. awesome. Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, you know, I guess it makes him a little hotter. Luke Perry... Awesome dad. Dude, he was dad. so supportive of his son mm -hmm. and would go to all his son's matches and stuff before he got signed to AEW. And Jungle Boy wears the sideburns. Pretty awesome. But yeah, Luke Perry, man. I, I, tennis, I'm 39 years old. I still want to be Dylan McKay. Yeah. So that tells you something. But Luke Perry, RIP, number two. My uh, number two, also someone I wanted to be, and I don't know if this will be a weird one for you or not. Louis Anderson? In speaking of aging, is Kiefer Sutherland. Hell yeah! Jack fucking Bauer! So for my money, David in the Lost Boys is the coolest looking character I've ever seen. Still have never seen that movie. He has a bleach blonde mullet, he's got the dark stubble, mm -hmm. black trench coat, dangly earrings, and Kiefer always played bad boys. He played yes. Ace, Ace in Stand By Me. And there's a sizable contingency who disagrees but I don't think he's aged that well. No, it's finally caught up to him. But I guess for me, it's because he doesn't look like David from, from Lost Boys anymore. Yeah. To me, I, I see David from Lost Boys and I'm like, holy shit, I want to look like that. Yeah. He looks so cool and timeless and just like an amazing character design. And Kiefer Sutherland at that time, kind of spiky bleach blonde hair. He was rebel. Yeah, he was awesome. To me, he'll always be Jack Bauer. Yeah. And Jack Bauer, I guess you know, in a zaddy sort of way is like, he's hot. He's Jack Bauer. He's, you know, he's avoiding explosions mm -hmm. and stuff. So he'll save the world. But yeah, I, I see Kiefer now. And uh, again, I, I don't think he's aged all that well. But yeah, that's my number two. Speaking of Kiefer, though, check out Designated Survivor on Netflix. They canceled the show. Amazing damn show. Kiefer, hell yeah. My number one by far growing up. I've seen this movie 16 million five hundred thousand times. The car in the movie is my dream car. Are you picking a car? It's Kit. No. <laughs> Kit is a hunk. No. The 77 Trans Am. I'm talking about Bandit. It's Burt fucking yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Burt Reynolds, to me, if I'm thinking hunkdom, was the original hunk. I believe it was that Playgirl shot. Yeah. Where he's laying and he, I think, what is it he has over his, his, his dong? Does he just have like a stuffed animal over his dong or? I 
think it is a stuffed animal. Something like that. But that shot has been done by so many other people over the years. But I can remember my mom telling me when Smokey and the Bandit came out, or even before that, women adored and just wanted to have Burt Reynolds as babies. See, and I mentioned Burt Reynolds a little bit ago. Yes. And I always thought that Tom Selleck was superior as a hunk to Burt Reynolds, but Burt Reynolds had something that Selleck Burt Reynolds didn't was have. the OG. Yeah. Burt Reynolds was the first hunk. I mean, hunks back then didn't go by the code that kind of hunks do now where you have to have the six pack abs well, you have to be muscular right they were the everyday guy but how how isn't that crazy to look at this and think how much it's changed so and we're gonna get an honorable mentions here after yes. i make my number one pick but that it went from guys who looked like the average joe magnum ta well yeah the wrestler yeah from magnum pi and smoky yeah and like no, must, he was the bandit. Must, or bandit. Smokey was Jackie yeah. Gleason. Not, Jackie <laughs> not Gleason. a hunk. The bandit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Jackie, Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason, number Jackie one. Number one. <laughs> that sexy Richard fat Pryor, bastard. The toy. Yes. Um, oh, can't wait for that one. So, uh, yeah, mustache, chest hair, toughness, driving a car. And then it's like somewhere into the 90s and boy bands, it's like softer, almost like more feminine features. Yeah. Chiseled. Became, and it's like, Think about guys like Selleck and Reynolds who were considered these like macho and macho's still great because like, dude, yeah. give me Chris Hemsworth any day of the week. Yeah, hell yeah. But like, it's just how that went from the thing to now. It's like women a, nowadays would look at them like a creeper. More girls. androgynous yes. or effeminate. Yeah. So my number one, Patrick Swayze. Help. Hell yeah! Son yeah. of a bitch can dance! He was the sexiest man alive in 1991, coming off a ghost. Rita Miller. <laughs> and uh, he did... Odeme Brown. Outsiders, Red Dawn, Dirty Dancing, Point Break, Roadhouse. Ugh. And so the funny thing about Patrick Swayze... And for me, you want to see Patrick Swayze, that Chippendale skit with Chris, Chris Farley, Farley on SNL. And like he's, you know, he's Chippendale's dancer. It's great. Yeah. But um, so my ex-girlfriend was a dance teacher and her former dance teacher used to dance with Patrick Swayze. So they would go to these dance studio competitions and Swayze would be there. And it's funny because Swayze was like always chasing girls and they were always like repulsed and grossed out by him. He had acne. They were always like repulsed by this dude. And then it was like a couple years later. It's just heartthrob. Heartthrob. He was everywhere. Girls loved Patrick and Swayze. Motherfucker could dance. But see, that's where you were talking about Burt Reynolds and Selleck. Yeah. Now Swayze kind of bridged that gap because he, he was he was, you know, Dalton in, in Roadhouse. But then he was also He, he embraced was, his feminine yeah, side. Yeah. He was like Johnny Castle was a badass. But he was also a badass dancer. Yes. In tights. Yes. So, yeah, I have Swayze as number one. Now, something we didn't talk about that I'm sure we disappointed a lot of our uh, lady listeners, the Zach Morris archetype I talked about. Yes. Devin Sawa, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Zachary Ty Bryant, Jonathan Brandis. Taylor Hansen. Taylor Hansen. Like this you know blonde and you could even probably Justin Timberlake yeah you could probably even loop into some of the boy bands Brian Luttrell Brian Luttrell JC Chazé Nick Lachey yeah I was Drew gonna say Lachey. Jeff Timmons yeah yeah so you could definitely feminine androgynous almost bleach blonde hair bowl cut Jonathan Taylor Thomas was probably the definitive 
teen idol of the 90s. Oh, my God. He was and on I every teen don't beat. don't know why. I don't get There's it. There's zero appeal. I could kind of <laughs> see Devin Sawa a bit, like in Casper, when Casper becomes a real but boy. But to me, no, ladies, if I'm wrong, put it in the comments. I always thought Devin Sawa looked like a chud. No, like, he looked maybe. chudly to me. Junior Floyd and Little Giants. Yeah. Okay. Icebox is better. Uh, <laughs> okay. Becky. She was a better heartthrob. Yes, she was. Christian Slater. He's in this one. That yes, we he is. Binks, Davey. Uh, Leo DiCaprio in Romeo and Juliet, Titanic. Oh, God, yeah. Jason Priestley, we mentioned. Val Kilmer. All of, yeah, Val Kilmer. Emilio Estevez. You think? A little bit. I think girls kind of had a little bit of a thing for Emilio. Okay, this is going to sound weird. Bear with me. Robin Williams. No. Don't you think, though? The sense of humor alone. Maybe in the Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds, because he was so freaking See, I have such an older... so hairy. You know, an older Um, take. LL Cool J? James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. I don't even know his name. Michael Schurterling. The... I think that was something. Is that like a that. shirt or yeah. lane? I'm pretty sure it's German. The middle tooth thetan Tom Cruise. <laughs> he uh <laughs> that fucking middle tooth thing I still uh, see. Richard Gere J- with, uh, with, with or without his hamster. James Brolin, Josh Brolin. Okay. Freddie Prince Jr. Oh yeah. F- he F- was huge. The and rock. For what it's worth. Matthew Lillard. Yes. In a weird sort of way. Because there were he Excellent. was in every movie with Freddie That's Prince right. Jr. But I bet there were girls who were like I kind of like the other one, the weird one. Matthew Fox. John Stamos. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp. And like Cry Baby. Oh, yeah. Anything like that. Bobby Brown. Definitely not that dolphin looking motherfucker. I was going to mention DeVoe. Ronnie DeVoe. Now, Bobby Brown went from. Wait, wait Bobby Brown's an ugly motherfucker. He was, too. but there was a. No offense. Uh, there was a big thing for, for Hammer. Bobby Brown. Josh Jackson. Hell yeah. Hanson, which. I don't get. I I had a lot of responses about Hanson. Now most guys, I thought, thought Taylor Hanson was a girl. Taylor Hanson was a girl. Guys like that girl's not bad. And the other two dudes in Hanson are hideous fucking chuds. They are. They're fucking. But ugly. they all have. They have like thirty five kids apiece. They are a factory are of they semen. Mormon? I don't think so. No, I just think they like pounding it out, man. All right, uh, I'm Bob. Ursher. Ursher. Yeah, but you're right. It's Ursher. Usher was a huge heartthrob oh, yeah. to the point where he cheated. On Chili from TLC. Tyrese. I said Tyrese. Now, the reason I didn't put him on my list was I specifically think in more 80s and 90s, and yeah. Tyrese kind of tail ended 90s. See, I fucked up on mine. I said Jason Statham. You did. Yeah. It's fine. That's why I said anything goes. Now, one that was probably, I said Jonathan Taylor Thomas in the 90s. One that was probably the definitive, you know, this isn't up for argument. One that was probably definitive teen heartthrob in the 80s, Rob Lowe. Excellent. Yes. And, and the dude still looks good to this day. He looks great. He's one of those dudes that didn't age. And it's also a funny story with him because he had a sex tape with a minor. Yep. And it pretty much ended his career until Wayne's World yep. called him because they were like, who can we get for cheap and blah, blah, blah. And they got Rob Lowe and he was great. Mm-hmm. And it revitalized his career. And then he was on my favorite television show of all time, The West Wing. Yeah, and then Fred Savage. Ugh. He was on Teen Beat. He was. He girls were really into Fred Savage. Don't see it. I don't see it. I get hundred percent anybody in Nepal from one of years. <laughs> I I liked Winnie Cooper. Oh God, who doesn't uh, like Danica McKellar? Okay, so the last one I will mention: Shawn Michaels. 
Yes. HBK. Yeah. You know, he dressed like he a, did the Burt Reynolds photo he shoot. He did. He did Playgirl mm-hmm. and uh, dressed like a gigolo before and, he lost and his we smile. Didn't even, now, I had some other mentions. Um, Nikki Six. Yes. Brett Tom- Michaels. Tommy. Now, for me, if you're going to mention Nikki Six and Brett Michaels and even Tommy Lee, Kip Winger. Yeah, oh, God. Kip Winger is a yes. pretty dude. I don't know why I thought you were going to say Mick Mars. Not Mick Mars. <laughs> skeleton. No, not Mick. I'm sorry, Mick. Jerry from Winger was adorable. Yeah. What about, uh, what are the twin Nelson? Oh, the fuck yeah, the Nelson. Bro- After the rain, man. <laughs> okay. The great song. I, I think we've probably. Yeah, I think we did it. Overhunked. So. I'm hunked up. All right. With that said, we were hoping to have a guest lifeguard this week. Yep. But uh, soon, soon we will be taking applications for guest lifeguards. So let us know, people. But for now, Jim, why don't you let them know? Everybody back in the pool. Now, normally I'm against remakes, but with this one specifically, you have a great idea. I want to tackle that. I think the legend of Billie Jean would make a tremendous remake. Now, unfortunately, rape is still a problem, specifically with the amount of rapists who walk away without charges. Now, I unless we start raising our boys better, the rape's going to continue because there's too much victim blaming. There's too many boys who just need to... Don't fucking rape people. So the movie could essentially be the same up until the attempted rape and shooting, except... Maybe Binks has a car instead of a scooter. Yeah, because the scooter it, thing little, makes no it's sense. It's so dated that like uh, the whole movie starts because of a scooter. Nobody wants a fucking scooter no, anymore. So maybe Binks has like a cool car. Nothing crazy, yeah. but like a cool car. And then Hubie, you know, they have a confrontation with Billie Jean, and she dumps a milkshake on Hubie. They go to the lake, and then Hubie steals Binks's car. Him and his friends fuck that car up, and mm. then they beat up Binks, and then... The difference with present day yeah. is that in this movie, we see Billie Jean, like she's on the front page of the paper the next day and everybody in the world already knows in 1985 who she is. Yes. They're cutting her hair like her. She's this big celebrity. It's so far-fetched and unbelievable in this movie. However, 24-hour news cycle with social media today. So easy. If there was a story that broke TMZ. and it was a he said, she said where a teen girl there was an, a shop owner who attempted to rape a teen girl, and maybe in the remake, maybe she, maybe she shoots him. Maybe she takes the gun from Binks and shoots him, or you know, actually does it himself. Imagine the story: a attractive teen girl shoots her rapist mm. and then flees as a fugitive, and they're looking for her. See, I think it would be cool because you mentioned it too, and we—I mean, we both see it. And then those of you who have, are going to watch Billy Jane, or some of you that have, will notice this too. Binks gets beaten within an inch of his life, yes. and he's fine. And your remake, it'd make more sense if Binks was intensive care fighting for his yes, life. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, so he's out of the picture. Yeah, he's, so, yeah, he gets beaten without... Yeah, exactly. And then she goes to the cops. They won't help her because that's reality. You know, they're going to say... Well, maybe you asked for it. Yeah, and it's so, not six hundred eight dollars. It could be like sixteen thousand. Yeah, and- so it you know turns into her fight. She takes the gun. She shoots him. That story's huge. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a national media, but it's shared on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever. There'd Snapchat. be Billie Jean sightings. Yeah, so it goes viral. It spreads through the news, and she 
becomes a viral sensation kind of without her blessing because that shit happens. Mm -hmm. If, if a news, if something happens today to me, it goes viral. Yeah. It becomes a meme. There will be t-shirts tonight Mm -hmm. immediately. Yep. It, like Mike Pence had a fly on his head last week at the debates. That night, I saw T-shirts. Fly shit everywhere. I saw T-shirts with Mike Pence and a fly. It just so Billy Jean becoming viral. It would absolutely make sense that all these online stores would yes. start exploiting her, selling Billie Jean merchandise and taking her side. The money for the car would get raised probably a hundredfold via GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. And then you've got online stores selling Binks and raising money for Binks's medical bills and Billie Jean memes. Except I would probably end a remake with Billie Jean kind of embracing being the feminist hero. Yeah. So rather than just saying, like, I didn't want any of this. Yeah, and you walk away. Maybe she says, I'm going to make an example out of you. I I just think that it would be very You could turn it into a franchise. Yeah, I think it would be a very topical thing. Hey, somebody wants to... Wants to let me write it, I'll write it. <laughs> now, I, a few years ago, I would have said, perfect recasting, Miley Cyrus. I was just going to ask you who you would put Miley Billie Cyrus. Jean. Now, I don't know that that would still fly. Probably an un- unknown or up and coming. Somebody with... Save money uh, on that budget. Yeah, somebody, you know, that's going to cut their hair real short. Yeah. But in remake, you probably shave her head. Mm-hmm. You know, just go the full shaved head or something. Get a face tattoo. I don't know. And then of course, you could put Helen Slater in the movie as like Billie Jean's mother or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Be perfect. I would be really into it. So I think Helen Slater seems like the type that would be into it, though. Yeah. Because so. when I met her, she was super, super nice. And I didn't even ask her for stories about Billie Jean because... She didn't expect me to have a Billie Jean poster, and she would tell me all these wild behind-the-scenes stories about Billie Jean for like 15 minutes. It was absolutely incredible. With that said, let us know if you think a Billie Jean remake would work or would not work, would be better, worse, whatever. So with that said, let's move into logic. Logic. I will go ahead and go first. You went first on pool check. There's no way that Billie Jean's video would air on the news. No not way. a chance. Uh-uh. Billie Jean, they make their own video. They send it to the police, and I'm assuming the news. The news airs it in its entirety. This would be seen as detrimental to the police's case. Mm-hmm. An act almost of, like, riot-inducing. News director would get their asses Yeah, because Billie Jean, in the video, says, I'm innocent, Mr. Pyatt's to blame. I mean, this would almost, if if people are idolizing her the way they are, wouldn't they immediately go to Pyatt's and probably burn down the place themselves? Oh, he'd be dead. Yeah, he would probably be dead. Be dead. She would incite a riot mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not the, the news in this situation would essentially have to a producer would essentially have to decide that we are siding with Billie Jean in order to air this video in its entirety. It just would never fly. It would never work. The one thing about that video that also doesn't make sense. The news outlets got it first. First of all, we don't know who the little redheaded kid is. They sent into the police station with the tape. No. What is the point of delivering that tape to the police station? Yeah, they've seen it. If the tape has already been piped out. Yeah, they've seen it. There's no point. Okay, for me, one big logic point is it's a statewide manhunt, okay? All these stories are being contrived. You know, they're robbing places at gunpoint. They're assaulting people left and right. Did you guys rob that liquor store in Galveston? (laughs) Yeah, that was us. We did not. What about that school in Laredo? Did you burn it down? No way, guy. We don't do schools. <laughs> As we mentioned previously in this episode, 
they drive the most obvious automobile to be a getaway car. It is a blue early 80s, late 70s station wagon with the name of the trailer park in which they live. Are you telling me between that car, everywhere they seem to stop out in public in the middle of the day, you'd go, oh, wait, there she there is right is. there. Call yeah. the cops. If the cops put that on the news and say, we're looking for a blue station wagon with this sign on the door. Mm -hmm. And then they go to the abandoned mini golf place that seems to be the hub. That seems to be their safe house. The cop at the end, what's his name again? Uh, Peter Coyote guy? Detective Ringwald. Yeah, Ringwald. Won't you turn yourselves in to me? I want Lloyd home and safe. And you too. Are you listening, Binks? I'll have that scooter fixed up better than new. We got to end this, kids, you hear? We got to end this now. He goes there, knowing that they're there, just starts saying, hey, I'll do this. Hey, Binks, I'll get you a better scooter. Why don't you just arrest them? You know they're there. Yeah. What the hell is happening? It's the most lax. Leaser's authority in this movie. Yeah. Because most of our movies have no authority whatsoever. But it's so lax, and it's like, how do you not have these people apprehended within five minutes if you think they're murderers? Yeah. Well, that sort of ties... Especially in Texas, there's death penalty. That sort of ties into something I mentioned, and I'm not going to go a lot into, but it's like within 12 hours, Billie Jean's like a celebrity. So I don't think Corpus Christi is necessarily a small town. No, it's huge. But it's like word of mouth has spread... Mm -hmm. That it's like they wouldn't even need the car because for some reason, every single person seems to know exactly who Billie Jean is. Well, at the end, she's getting rides from people all around. Yeah. They find this big warehouse clubhouse that seems to have all of her fanatics there cheering her on. My next one, this is just a, a pet peeve one, not anything major to the plot. They use G.I. Joe toy walkie-talkies that they steal from a KB Toys. I see them. He's got Mr. Pat with him. He's got an envelope with him, guys. Are you sure it's the money? I'm going to find out right now. Wish me luck. Okay. Temple, Roger, over and out. Now, if you ever had walkie-talkies like that growing up... I had these exact they ones. They barely work within the same house. Yeah. But in this movie, they're used between the middle of the mall and the parking garage mm -hmm. now my cell phone which is what fifteen hundred dollars yep is essentially a high-powered computer mm -hmm. will not even work in a parking garage we could take this to the moon with a spacecraft yes exactly and yet these gi joe walkie-talkies penetrate 400 feet of concrete yes with no interference all the people in the mall all the interference mm -hmm. They perfectly and clearly communicate with walkie-talkies. Drives me crazy. I guess it's not a real big logic point, but it's the fact that now they're fugitives from the law, and they basically, they don't know what's really going to happen to them, but they just decide, oh, fuck all. Let's just start stealing shit left and right. Let's start doing all these other things. People are aiding and abetting them left and right. Nothing ever seems to be done. But if, if, if you're trying to prove a point if you're trying to justify yourself to be a better person the last thing you need to do is start robbing i shouldn't say robbing thieving because yeah. you're just racking up more charges so they don't really ever go into this but this is sort of another issue is that no one other than billy jean herself really knows that he tried to rape her she never brings it up so as far as all these people who idolize her didn't she just shoot a guy over six hundred dollars that's it comes across like a damn robbery yeah it's like but when you bring up the fact like he tried to rape me upstairs yes, right that should be 
the biggest thing because it's like, as far as we know, all of these onlookers think that Billie Jean tried to shoot a guy over $608. And this guy basically said, in a nutshell, she wanted it. Yeah. She wanted me to go upstairs with her. She's 17 years old. You're in your fucking 40s, yeah, man. Weird. With your John Waters mustache. Now, Billie Jean and Binks' relationship uh, seems a little too romantic for brother-sister. Now, yeah, I don't have we any brothers said sisters. that Christian Slater, obviously in his performance, maybe it came through that he had a crush. He, he had a crush on Helen Slater because when they go, they ride on the, the scooter together and she... You have to hold on. So she's got her arms yeah. around her brother, but she kind of has her head on his shoulder. Lovingly. And then she's wearing almost no clothes to the lake and they're laying next to each other and he's kind of sunbathing. Got his face right in her ass, like yeah. staring at I mean, it. I was going to say he's staring. He ain't eating it. But yeah. Seems a little too skeezy romantic. I, I wish that they would have directed them a little bit differently to make it more of a like, hey, sis, can you put on some clothes, uh, please? Yeah, a brotherly Come love. On. Yeah, it kind of doesn't help that at the end of the movie, we find out that they've ran off together to Vermont. I mean, he's not a fugitive. There's nothing that would stop him from staying and her leaving if she wanted to. But they go together to Vermont. It's a little weird. It is. Probably, out of all the movies we have covered thus far, the dumbest last scene to end a movie. It's just oh, him yeah. staring at a snowmobile. Cut the credits. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole movie happened because of a scooter, so... You think they kind of left it open in case they wanted to do a sequel? If they build a sequel around that, that's Like really them in Vermont? It's very flimsy. I think it was just like a joke because... It's a bad last it's, scene. It's bad. It's It's really... It's... You got to know where to end it. And yeah. It wasn't there. It should have ended with... And her parents just let them go off to Vermont? Without that last scene, we don't know that Binks is all right. Yeah. But it should have just ended with everybody burning the Billie Jean shit mm -hmm. and Invincible playing. Like, that's where it should have ended. Yeah. But instead, it's like we got this shitty Vermont scene just so we know Binks is still alive. Mm -hmm. Because he was shot by a sniper. Yeah. Finally, my last one that directly is about Binks is how old is he because we don't know he it's does never not disclosed. at all grasp the severity of the situation playing with a toy gun just <laughs> aiming at a cop yeah he pulls a toy gun on a cop he which he should have been blown away he like he's encouraging them to break more crimes like he's basically like hey did you guys really shoot up that school yeah yeah no we didn't he's taking credit for other crimes he's like encouraging them like let's Let's do some other shit. Let's go here. Let's do this. Well, it's for instance, when the guy in Lee Majors' Fall Guy truck shoots out the back window. He proceeds to like sit up take his toy gun and start breaking out the glass. Yeah. And then Lloyd grabs it and goes, it's real bullets. Yes. It's, it's almost like he's, he's in this, his own world. Yeah. He's this deep into this situation and he still doesn't fully understand. This is real life, real stakes. Yeah. Like people are going to jail. People are, can get killed. It's weird. He's supposed to be, I'm assuming like 15. He comes across like an eight year old child. Yeah. He's very immature. Very. And what's the legacy of this movie? This movie still kicks ass. It's a cult classic. Yeah. This is the definition of a cult classic. Overlooked, underrated. Very overlooked. Because very underrated. You don't hear a lot of people talk about this one. 
very entertaining. It's it's a quick watch. It's an hour and a half, but like it moves. The only way you could get it for the longest time was if you had the VHS and it cost a fortune. Yeah. Or it was bootlegged. Like yeah. initially, I got this bootlegged. Yeah. But then they, they did a Blu-ray. Got it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, we watched on Blu-ray. Uh, great soundtrack. Oh. Pat Benatar and uh, Billy, Billy Idol. Idol. There's some other good stuff on there. It's unfortunately. Again, it's topical and applicable to today. Mm-hmm. I think it could get remade tomorrow and it'd be great. Yeah. It's good. I, I definitely would recommend it. Nothing other than fair is fair really stands the test of time or no. like you don't hear this one brought up a lot in anything else. Yeah. You know, there's no references or nods. Once again, Sarah, thank you for recommending it. We enjoy We've always loved this movie. It's great that we were able to cover it right here on hashtag Pool 100 Viewers Choice. All right, stick around for some plugs. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast, also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas, we have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us, and now back to Kevin. All right, we have reached the landing strip hey. section of our... Uh, I'm sure if we talked about babes instead of hunks, <laughs> might get into landing Ellen strips. Slater. Might get into some landing strips. Hell yeah. So <laughs> I will say that this is our first viewer's choice episode, but you don't have to wait to recommend something. We would yeah. love to hear your recommendations. Please. And if it's something we want to do, maybe we bump that one up the list and do it sooner. Exactly. So we like getting feedback from you. Uh, special shout out this week to Matthew Thompson. Hell yeah. Matt is very... Uh, one of our lifeguards. Yeah, he definitely participates a lot. And uh, want to say thank you to him for, for sharing everything. Also, thank you to Angela. Can't thank you enough because I don't know how many times she shared our stuff and spread it out there. She also helped along with the rest of you to get us to over 100 likes on Facebook. Kevin, I think we need to drop another challenge. Get us to hashtag pool 200. 1 million. Get us to pool to 1 million. Uh, so maybe when we get to the next big mark, we do another thing, but we kind of go up a little bit more. Up the ante. Yeah. I Again, we're going to do some special things. We appreciate yes. all of you so much. Not just Matt and Angela, but yes, we appreciate all of you so much that we're going to continue. We're going to eventually get some probably shirts, stickers. Lend your guys' voice to maybe do some bumps for the show. Yeah, we want to have some guests, you know, do some bumps, <laughs> do some lines. Uh, <laughs> hey, want to do some lines? And uh, yeah, so we appreciate all of you. But yeah, give us your feedback. You know, reach out to us. We uh, we would love to hear from you. You're a part um, of this as well, guys. If you want to interact with me on Twitter, it is Catsup Savage. Make sure you spell it right this time. Savage. On Instagram, I'm Kevin Mars. You can find me there. And we can chat, but uh, reach out to us, and we will hopefully get you involved in the show somehow. Yes, we would love it. Can't thank you guys enough, Pool Seniors. Remember, not only you're a Pool Seniors, we also got a whole bevy of lifeguards. Join the Army. Become a lifeguard, everybody. Now, next week, we wrap up Season 2. Season 2 already, the end of Season 2. All I will say is we did hunks today. 
Yep. And another treat for the ladies, but not just a treat for ladies, because probably one of my three or four favorite movies yes. is one of the two we will be covering in our deep end. Oh, uh, excited for it. So that is the hint I'm going to give you until next week. And then actually after our deep end next week, we're going to do a Halloween episode. Yes. Our first holiday related episode. Yes. Number start one. Season three. That's right. So until next week. Silencia. Silencia. Silencia.